with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Here comes the 0-2. Lift it deep to left field. No way. No way. Are you kidding me, Kinsey Hansen? She tied the game with a three-run bomb over the left field wall. Lose your mind, Sooner Nation. Kinsey Hansen makes it 7-7 in the top of the seventh inning on an 0-2 bomb to home run village. I just don't think that Oklahoma is going to be the team that hits 80 bajillion home runs. They may hit 50 bajillion, but I don't think they're going to be the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners that they've been. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Well, I think have we, you break the all-time winning streak record. You uh, overall number one seed, accomplish all the things that they have so far. I guess you can say that take is busted at this point. <laughs> um, even if they were not to win the championship, right? Um, you break the all-time winning streak as a as a program. I think that I think that's busted. Yeah, I thought uh, last year's team had a claim to the best softball team of all time. And I knew this year that they were going to be really good, but we've had a few questions on the text line today. Is this year's team actually better than last year's team? Now, obviously, that's a question reserved for at the end of the season after this team wins a championship, but like, there's some legit questions now. Is this team actually better than what they were a year ago? I think the strengths are a little bit different. Um, I don't think that that's an easy answer there, but it's still miraculous that you're even having those conversations because last year's team was so legendary. It is a good question. Where, where do you fall on that? I mean, this year's pitching staff was definitely better than last year's, um, especially with where Jordy was at at the tail end of last year. Yep. But the offense, man, last year was like, – if that wasn't the best team, that was at least the best offense. So I, I got to wait until – I, I got I to gotta see what happens in OKC before I come up with the final answer. And I still won't feel good about it then. Right. I – Refresh my memory because Jordy Ball had the injury and didn't throw much, or maybe didn't throw at all in the World Series. No, she did. She came she back did. in. Uh, did she come back for a super regional start, maybe. Anyway, Hope Troutwine was kind of like Jordy threw game two of that uh, championship series last year where they beat mm-hmm. Texas, but Hope Troutwine really started, um, you know, playing her best softball at that yeah. point last year. Okay. Huh. I I don't know. Offensively, last year was I mean, yeah, incredible. It's, it's incredible, man. Incredible. You had the best hitter ever there. That makes up for a lot. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let people. The that strengths know the are just better. like so. I mean, they're they're opposite. You know. I. I mean, this I, year's team can really hit, obviously, and last year's team could still pitch, but. Well, we're talking about at historic levels here. Teddy, the, the conversation may look like this. Last year's team had the greatest offense. This year's team has the greatest pitching staff. Yeah. And you know I've been on that take for a couple of months now, but I, I think that's what the conversation is. Do you value the offense more in this game, in that lineup, 
or do you value this pitching staff more? Right. It's well, let me ask you this. Question. Uh, along the pitching lines, uh, any any worries with uh, Starocco's performance? I still say no because of what – here's why I say no, okay? I'll say no because of the overall resume up to this point, and I'll also say no because, man, if you just win in this tournament, you, you get some time off and you get a day off. Like, they have mm-hmm. four legitimate arms now. Like I, I'm going to throw Kirsten Deal in that discussion. And not to say that you won't need Starocco because you will, but – if you're already four deep and you may get a day off in between games, dude, like you're gonna be, you're gonna be able to throw whoever you want in every single game of the World Series, essentially. Yeah, yeah. As long as you keep winning, um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that there's anything has changed, right? She's, she's got the same stuff. She's not injured. Um, maybe just had a, um, you know, bad outing. I don't know. She just needs I, another good outing, and then you'll probably feel like, yeah. all right, yeah, yeah, she's she's about to be back. All, all yeah. good here. Um, we we uh, we played Patty Gasso after the game, the the TV interview where she got really emotional, which is unique for Patty to do so. Um, kind of on that, it was it's awesome to see, but just shows like maybe how much pressure there is on this program, you know? Yeah. And I and I do think some of that was because of the winning streak. Well, the winning streak is broken now. Is there still pressure with that going into the World Series? No. Or is it lessened quite a bit because the record's actually broken now? It's uh, it, as far as I'm concerned, the record's broken. There may be a hey, how far do we take this thing? But I think you, as a team, you almost forget about it, and now the focus is winning the championship. All right, you go out, you win the championship, and then. Uh, you may find, oh, my gosh, we still have a winning streak going as well. But I think, like, once you break it, I think the pressure really, like, I think it's done for the most part on that specific item. So they picked a good time to lose to set up the record to have it going into OKC then. Yeah. Get it out of the way in the Super Regional game, and then we're good now. Yeah, That's it. I, I, I don't think that that's something that, is going to be nearly as prevalent hanging over the top. Now it's just about going out there and winning the championship. A lot of people were down in Oklahoma State and Alabama going into the regional, yeah. and they're both in OKC. Um, State seems to have whatever their, their issue was, they've uh, perhaps moved past it. I feel like Tennessee and Florida State are going to be OU's biggest challengers to a championship. Tennessee feels like they've kind of got something rolling, they don't look, they? They look good this weekend against Texas, man. Look good. In that second game. They've got a lot of confidence. They they're coming in with with some swagger. They're one of the only like the few teams that Oklahoma hasn't played, right? In the World Series, yeah. Well, they didn't play Alabama either. Um, every every uh, matchup in the first round is a rematch of a game that happened in the regular season, which is interesting. Huh. Tennessee and Bama are SEC teams, so that's obvious. Washington and Utah, Pac-12 teams. But Florida State played at OSU, and OU played Stanford in California. But, yeah, um, how many teams did, has OU not played? I think I Bama think and Tennessee just, are just it, yeah. I think that's it. Um, now, I watched some stuff across the country. I watched Utah play, and, man, and, and 
I don't know, this is the takeaway from, you know, three or four innings of their game. But I feel like they're, like, on a totally separate level from where Oklahoma is. Is that a crazy statement? I, I, I in In the opposite direction, obviously, like, I feel like Utah's several rungs below the the type of fo- uh, football, the type of softball Oklahoma's playing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the case. Um, I maybe we would have said that about James Madison two years ago, not knowing much about Odyssey Alexander, True. but sure. I I mean, the obvious line here is anything could happen at this point, but I think that there's. That's the case for a few other. That may be the case between OU and Stanford playing on Thursday, right? Well, I. But you think I, Utah's the worst team in the field? It sounds like that's what you're saying. Just from what it looked like to me, um, but I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about it. You know, I mean, they did get hooked up with their draw, not having to play UCLA, playing San Diego yeah. State instead. That that does help. I just, you know, it 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 did not look like the same level of softball that I've been watching. And I and I could be. You also know the totally type. Of, you know the that. type of level of softball you've been watching, though. It's pretty hard to live up to. Well, but and I'm not just talking about Oklahoma. I'm talking about like what I saw from Clemson, what I've seen from from Texas and from uh, from Florida State, and you know some of these these other teams that I'm used to watching. I don't know. I was kind of shocked by what I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, if you want to say that they're the weakest team in the field, I, I guess I won't disagree too hard on on that one. Um, I think they could beat Washington in that game one, but yeah, Utah going to have a tough time making a deep run maybe in this. There's there's storylines galore potentially for OU in this. Um, if you find a way to play Oklahoma State, there's an obvious one. Florida State, you played them this year. It's a rematch of a couple of years ago. Utah, I mean, Patty's son coaches there. Tennessee, though, is interesting with Mackenzie Donahue playing for the Vols and having a yeah, really good year, you know? that is interesting. That is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. And she, she is a very, um, very intense player. It wears her emotion on her sleeve quite a bit. Yeah. I can't imagine what she would feel if those two teams end up playing. That would be wild. Um, I If I had to pick right now, I think it's probably either Oklahoma and Tennessee or Oklahoma and FSU. I'm going to say OU and Florida State because of I, – I, not that Tennessee staff is not – I think Florida State's pitching staff's, you know, it's pretty good. It's really good. Lonnie really Alameda is going to be sporting the uh, the long sleeve sweat gear no matter what the temperature well, is. Well, and today it wouldn't be that bad, though I haven't been outside in a few hours. Um, however, I, I know on Monday, June the 5th, it will be – about 105 degrees, and yes, that will be that will be her uh, clothing option of choice. Well, I I wouldn't count out Oklahoma State. We know that they've got elite pitching and whatever they they had to get through towards the end of the year to get to get into the tournament. They've done it, and that can be pretty freeing as a team to uh, see see what it looks like from the bottom of the barrel to now have it going again uh momentum is is critical this time of year so they've got that and tennessee does seem to be like the team that's got the real good mojo right now 
If this year's softball team wins out, is it the best softball team ever, says a texture of the 918s. They're going to have a claim because of the winning streak and the level of teams that they beat during that winning streak. I mean, they, yeah. they beat UCLA along the way. They beat Florida State along the way. They beat Oklahoma State along the way. They beat Texas along. Like, they beat some really good teams there. Um, yeah. I can't remember if Washington and Utah – were included in that. Maybe that came after the loss to Baylor, but it, it was not a fluke. I mean, I, I don't know if they will be. I would maybe even side more towards last year's team, but when you have the nation's longest winning streak, that's one heck of a claim to throw out there. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say the, uh, the overall field this year is compared to years past? Similar, better, worse? I would say it's similar. There's always yeah. one or two surprises in it. Um, UCLA is, you know, obviously the biggest surprise not being here, but Florida State's the three, Tennessee's the four. Um, I think Alabama's the five, even though I still think that was a misseed. I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's as strong as it's been. I, I, UCLA has just brought such a good team for the past several years that maybe that yeah. shifts it a little bit, but... Outside of that, I think it's about as good as it's been. So what's the situation with Montana Fouts? Is she 100% healthy, ready to roll? Uh, she didn't look 100% healthy when she pitched okay. in that uh, that last game on, uh, what, Saturday. But she's, a, I mean, she's going to she's gonna pitch. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I haven't seen much from uh, Bama this year. They, they kind of struggled. I mean. Right. I mean, their expectations were high, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't to their standard, and they they had an early exit last year in the postseason. Right. Hmm. Okay. Um, Thursday at one thirty, though, and Jen Schroeder has confirmed that she will join us because after the game's final at one thirty on Thursday, it's essentially going to be a post game show for us, and we get to talk to Jen. That'll be that'll be fun. Who knows what direction that will go? Well, maybe it'll be calm, maybe not. I don't know. It will be strictly professional. Um, Speak for yourself. If I know you, you won't back <laughs> her into a corner to say something uh, only, dramatic like like you typically do. Only to Baker Mayfield is the only That's person right. I do that too. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, uh, let's hit a quick timeout here. Keep hitting the text line. We need to get to some text. 651-3439 out at Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. Call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Holy! And put their 100 years of practicing law the right way to work for you. Or visit us online at wardglasslaw.com. It is the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Big news in college football today. Well, there's... Not news out of Destin, Florida. Just a lot of comments from uh, SEC coaches and uh, ADs. Uh, Brian Kelly was just asked what's his preference, eight or nine game SEC schedule. He says, quote, TV demands great matchups. You have to put in front of your fan base quality competition, end quote. So I guess that means he's in favor of nine SEC games. No decision has been made yet, though. Yeah, well – that's a that's a very um, politically correct way of stating it, uh, right there. I I think that 
I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a fan base that would not rather see nine knowing that the games are going to be better. Like maybe a fan base like a like a Vandy or I don't know who else that feels like gosh we we'd much rather just stack um, an extra win against a bad non-conference team, like which in the grand scheme of things is not going to get you anywhere. It's pretty bold for Vandy to just think that they can stack another win, even be at a non-conference team. Uh, well, yeah, but. It, the point is, is it's not going to get you anywhere. Like, might you hit that sixth win to make you bowl eligible for some crappy bowl game somewhere? Yeah, I guess. But in the grand scheme of things, is that going to mean anything meaningful for your program? No, it's not. Uh, Saban did say this about 45 minutes ago, apparently. Um, quote, you think it's parody here? I think the way Southern Cal, Texas, and Texas A&M are spending money, it hasn't hit yet. What are you willing to spend, in quotes? So, oh. <laughs> yeah. You think it's parity in this league? Wait, wait till you see the way that USC, A&M, and Texas, how they're spending money right now. Yeah, it hasn't hit yet, but it's got to get to that point. What are you willing to spend? Wow. Nice. Uh, how about that? Texas A&M's got some buddies looped in this year. Is uh, is Lincoln or Sarkeesian going to get all bent out of shape like Jimbo Fisher did last year? Well, I think after uh, Saban saw Bear Alexander's high-rise apartment in L.A., he's probably a little jelly about that. So I think he'll probably come after Muleshoe next. Yeah. Well, um, which, you know, we haven't had much conversation about it. Actually, we haven't had any conversation about it at all here. But, you know, the NIL legislation that has passed here in Oklahoma is – is going to be helpful in Oklahoma, you know, getting on the path to, to doing some NIL stuff, but it's still not going to be at the level of some of those other schools because it's not, it's just not what they, it's not the way that they want to do it. And they I'm want fine to do with it that. More I'm, totally, I'm totally okay with that, man. I, I understand that it means that you might lose out. Well, it does mean that you're going to lose out on some recruits from time to time. I think the same thing can be true about teams who do go heavy on NIL. It's not like they get everyone. Yeah. But I, um, I, I don't know. I'm just – I wouldn't be about being a program that just wants to go all in and try to build things that way. That, makes, that would make me super nervous. Well, I, if, if Oklahoma's vision of the way that they want to do it comes to fruition, I think it may be one of the better – um, better ways to do it out there. And, you know, I think it's to where everyone gets a share of it. And it's not just uh, a handful of players, portal players that have come in for a one- or two-year term. They get paid a bunch of money in NIL, uh, aren't really for uh, for the, the way that we've traditionally looked at it, a member of your team. You know, they're just kind of – a rental type of player coming in that you're paying a bunch of money towards. I, I don't know that that's a good way to do it. I think if, if you can find a way where everyone gets a check starting from the, uh, from the beginning all the way through, that's probably the better way to, yeah. to pull it off. Back to this SEC thing real quick, or trying to figure out eight or nine games. It's, <laughs> it's amazing that, and I think you kind of, you know, we're hinting at this earlier, it's going into these SEC spring meetings. Well, I don't know, nine games. Everyone thought that was going to happen, but 
there's some recent movement here for an eight-game SEC schedule to keep it there. And now all we've heard from from anyone publicly today, whether it was Eli Drinkwitz or Brian Kelly or whoever was, yeah, we prefer nine games. Like, yeah. no, no one has said publicly that it's going to be eight games. So I, I guess I'm going to hope, one, but expect, two, that we hear that it's a nine-game SEC schedule in 2024. Maybe yeah. more hope than expect, but that's I, I am definitely hoping that that's the case. I, I would say that, if anything, it's – it's a leverage piece for a very small group of people. I, I don't know if it's if it's leverage for somebody to maybe perhaps um, change who they've been linked to for their um, what their three permanent opponents. Like if they want to change that uh, and using that vote for the eight game as as a way to do that or if it's a way to leverage the whole situation against ESPN for more money because you're offering up a much better uh, palette of content for the uh, for ESPN than, than what they typically would have had. I mean, that's a bunch of it's – a, it's a big difference in, in content. If you're talking about everyone's playing an extra conference game, which those conference games are big money, compared to – Everyone playing a an extra non-conference game, which a big percentage of those non-conference games are crap. Yep, like that's that's should be significant for ESPN. Russ and Atlanta will OU schedule Coppin State late in the year. Now that they are part of the SEC, well, in the uh, eight-game SEC schedule, they might have to they they, they would need two more non-con games for uh, 2024, mm. which I'm sure. Uh, Joe Castiglione has thought of that before today. I'm sure he has at least one already in line and probably two, just in case. Uh, I'm told it's impossible to schedule a 2024 non-conference game this this late. you got to schedule them 15 years in advance. Can't, can't yeah. do them this quickly. Yeah. Um, I think you could find someone. I think, uh, like I said earlier, I'm still curious to see what this whole, if there was ever anything to the – future non-conference games against Big 12 teams um, for Oklahoma and Texas if that was part of the leaving early situation? Uh, well, we heard that it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we – because if they go to a nine-game conference schedule in 2024, they still have to find one more non-conference game, and I won't be shocked if it's Tech or Kansas State or even Baylor, one of those teams. Could we play Tulsa three times? I checked their non-conference schedule just now. They're full, but surely they can make some arrangements, mm-hmm. you know? They get a nice payday. They play OSU next year. How about they just do a day-night doubleheader against the two in-state teams? Oh, there you go. It'd be, a great, it'd be a great payday for Tulsa. 11 a.m. kick and then a 7.30 kick? Yeah. O- OU gets the 11 a.m. kick. Yeah. OSU-Tulsa somehow gets the 7.30. Come on, boys. This is about making money. Let's go. There were uh, some other interesting comments today. I, I-, I guess all the – I, I thought it was just like the ADs and the presidents that went there. The, the coaches go there, too, and they, there's some media obligations there. Auburn's Hugh Freeze says this, to eliminate tampering, don't allow athletes to transfer and play immediately except if the coach left or was fired or if the player graduates. However, he doesn't think that that would ever happen again, but that's his way to eliminate tampering. 
don't allow athletes to be immediately eligible unless the coach leaves or gets fired or if they're a yeah. graduate transfer. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that, but you're going to have to get big conferences. Like the, if you ever want anything to happen transfer portal-wise, the SEC, the Big Ten, like your, your big schools are going to have to sit down and all agree on the same legislation at the same time. Because until that happens, the SEC will never make players ineligible unless, you know, the whatever the circumstances that Hugh Freeze laid out, if the Big Ten's not doing that, right? 100%, there's, yeah. There's no way that they're going to allow the Big Ten. To, and they'd be dumb to, to right. be, you know, from a competitive standpoint. So I, if, I don't think it would be all that difficult to get everyone to sit together for a little bit and say, hey, guys, I think we all agree that maybe this thing is – uh, grown outside the bounds of what we wanted it to, what guardrails can we put in place that we all agree to that can maybe slow this this animal down a bit? And I think they could come up with something, but there has to be a willingness to go there. Uh, Florida's Billy Napier said he favors schools releasing an injury reports. Ooh, Lincoln Riley just he hates every bit of that. Ugh. Napier well, says he favors schools releasing an injury report. If it was standardized, you would see all types of strategy, releasing injury info, etc. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, of course you would, but I don't know why you need that or why it matters. Um, are you going to trust anything that a uh, a school puts on an injury report. Well, sixty-two. He was uh, limited on Tuesday. Uh, Eighty-five. You have to know OSU's entire roster. If you're playing <laughs> them. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone ends up being on the injury report, anyways. Take a look at the Patriots' injury report during the regular season. It lists all fifty-three players essentially are on there to some degree. Yeah, I don't know. That seems like a wasted. Um, I don't know. He needs to worry about other things, I think. The, 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 the comment that was probably the most talked about today, I don't know, Saban's comment will, will probably end up being the most talked about. One, because it's Saban. Two, because he pretty much attacked USC, Texas, and A&M. Uh, but before that, it was Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz saying, college players through NIL are making more money than his brother-in-law, who is a pediatrician. And, quote, he saves lives, end quote. Yeah. Eli well, doesn't love the idea of players making more money through NIL than his brother-in-law, who's a pediatrician. Unfortunately, um, Eli I guess, also makes more money than his brother-in-law. Yeah, that out. I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you ask, um, the amount of money made typically has uh, zero to do with the um, – the moral standing of where it falls in the pecking order. Uh, there's a lot of people that do amazing things that society would not be able to function the way that it does without their contributions, and often they get paid diddly squat. Uh, and on the flip side, we would actually be in a much better place if some people didn't do what they do and they get paid Tens of millions of dollars to uh, 
to make what happens on a day-to-day basis as chaotic and horrible as possible. So that's just how society works. Teddy was really talking about Jimbo Fisher and his $85 million buyout there is really who he was trying to attack there. Yeah. In case you didn't get that. That's one of them. That's one of them. So, yeah, you're right. You think his brother, the pediatrician, thinks it's uh, fair that he saves children's lives and his brother makes three or four, five. Well, yeah, my brother-in-law, he's a bail bondsman. He works 24-7. He's up late at night trying to get uh, individuals out of jail. He, he, he makes as much as these players in NIL. Yeah. Now, my brother makes $5 million a year and hasn't turned out a winning record yet. <laughs> and here I am saving kids' lives. Uh, Captain Willard, pediatricians will make that money for decades in a career. NIL kids, not so much. Uh, yeah, Guy says, did Nike pay Saban to not mention Oregon? Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're going to mention USC, Texas, and A&M, I think you got to go all in. Oregon, Miami, I feel like those are kind of the core five leading the charge in the NIL game, but yeah, go all in. That's a good point. Tennessee's pretty, uh, pretty active from what I understand. Miami? I mean, I, no, some, I said Miami, yeah. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, there's some actives out there, but um, he was selective on the ones that he announced. Look at USC getting a call out, huh? Big time. Yeah. Well, uh, can't wait for Muleshoe to respond at Pac-12 Media Day, if that's even yep. a thing anymore. I don't know. Um, Colorado apparently really wants in the Big 12. Now, their AD won't say that publicly. Right. But apparently they are like, yeah, we, we really want to be in the Big 12. If we could make that happen, guys, that'd be great. Is it they want in the Big 12 or they want out of the Pac-12? Uh, the latter. Uh, the, yes, very much the latter. It, it's kind of at some if point. If the ACC gonna... would have them, they probably would want to go there too. Yeah. At some point it's going to turn into musical chairs, and there's going to be some teams not left with a spot if you uh, don't make yourself available uh, right now whenever the – the, the change is happening. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. You're simply the best. Summer is just around the corner at Riverwind. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. <laughs> I feel if uh, Eli Drinkwitz is still a head coach in the SEC once OU gets there, he's going to be an easy target based on the text line today. Um, From the 918, my uncle is a car salesman, and it's ridiculous. Some kid makes more (laughs) off of NIL than him. Uh, Just wait until Drinkwitz finds out about NFL player salaries. Right. Uh, 580, Hunter Biden spends more on crack than my brother-in-law makes in a year, (laughs) and he's a pediatrician. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that one made Teddy laugh so hard we finally got to hear the coughs after a <laughs> week long with the flu. Uh, yeah. Oh you, wow, that was yeah. Good. That one, that one got you, didn't it? I knew that would be right. It's up such your alley a there. weird, um, it's such a weird take to have on a microphone about your players, right? That you don't think that they should be making as much as they are I, what is that what do you care i it's not it's not like the money is coming out of your pocket or someone else's pocket 
and going into theirs. You're not robbing Peter to pay Paul here. Um, people are putting together money to pay these college players. What does it matter to him how much? Well, it is? and okay, I, I don't know, man. Um, but why even say that? I mean, because right. you know, with a pool of reporters that are sitting there who are honestly, man, just ready to tweet out the most relevant thing that you say and take it totally out of context like social media does, and that's exactly what happened. So why even put yourself in that situation? And he released a statement an hour later saying, here's the full quote, here's what I actually meant, but don't put yourself in that situation, dude. You've been a head coach long enough to know that. But Drinkwitz finds I mean, he thinks he's a funny guy. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. I don't know. I think he likes him some Eli Drinkwitz is what I think. Well, he is a funny guy, and he opera, and he's. I don't want to get mad at him for saying some of this stuff. I ultimately, I don't care. I, I think what we all want is coaches that get up there in front of the microphone and really say what they believe instead of, you know, being as guarded as as they usually are. We which, they're guarded because they don't want to say stuff like that that they have to come back and issue corrections to later, but. Um, you know, say whatever you want. Just, it always looks like he is the least serious guy out there. And it plays well whenever you have a really good program. But when you don't, and you still seem like the least serious guy, it doesn't typically play as well, you yeah, know? Yeah, well, especially in that league that's super serious. Right. Uh, Smokey Oki says, you guys have a great evening. I'm going to go get high and cut some metal. Good luck with that. Uh, okay. It sounds like a dangerous combination. Yeah, this individual has done it many times before, I'm sure of it. Uh, from the 918, why do we make fun of Texas and Miami for spending money under the new rules? It reminds me of an option team making fun of a spread offense for throwing it too much. If they're cheating, that's different. But it's my understanding the schools that are getting made fun of all have money and were quicker to figure out how to use the new rules. Uh, well, I think they were quicker to compile a large amount of cash. I don't think that they necessarily figured out the rules faster than anyone else. Um, they may have had legislators and, and some different things that helped them get to where they needed to be quicker. Uh, but I don't think anyone's making fun of them. I think it is – it's – it's one thing to be ahead of the game, spending money, and having such a tremendous amount of success that everyone's trying to copy you. It's another thing to be spending an inordinate amount of cash flow and so far having jack squat to show for it. I think that is probably a little more of of what is, if anyone's air quotes, making fun of them. Yeah, um, there was a mention of cheating there. Is, is tampering still cheating, or is that allowed yeah. now? Is it still cheating? Okay, so maybe that's maybe that's what people are referring to with cheating. USC yeah. or some of these schools tampering. I don't know. I, I honestly forget if tampering's cheating or not because I feel like nothing is cheating anymore in the sport. Well, th- some of the recruiting stuff, at least the way it was originally put in, like it wasn't supposed to be an inducement to come to the university, right? Yeah, correct. And knew that was going to be. Doesn't feel like that's how things have been operating at all. But I don't know. Uh, If you are wanting to make a bet on who wins the Big Twelve championship this year, do not bet on Oklahoma. 
At least that's what CBS Sports is telling you. The odds are out. Uh, Texas is the fave at plus 125. That means if you bet $100, you win $125 on Texas. Okay. Oklahoma next best odds at plus 325, so a pretty big gap there. Jeez. Kansas State at plus 500. Tech at plus 900. Then you got, you know, TCU plus 1,400, Baylor plus 1,600, whatever. They have the best bet and the worst bet on the board. They say the best bet is Kansas State plus 500, which is not a terrible take. They say the absolute worst bet is OU with the second highest odds because, well, last year they weren't very good, and that probably means they won't be very good again this year. That is stupid. If they think that OU at plus 325 – is the worst bet on the board. Uh, uh, that is that is ridiculous. Yeah. The team that's won it how many times in the last 20 years? Uh, what, 14 Big 12 championships? And you might be able to get the best odds that you've had in any one of those years. Well, they're not the favorite, so that's probably right, yeah. That's ridiculous. But I, I'm not – guaranteeing that they're going to win it. I'm not saying that, but it's one of the best bets on there. The worst bet is Texas, a team that hasn't won it since, since what? 2009. Yep. And have won it three times in like 30 years. Uh, and you can get yep. uh, plus 125 for those odds. Yeah, that's the worst bet on there. You can get the team with the second best odds that has more combined Big 12 championships than the rest of the teams on the board. That's normally would be a pretty good bet. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, okay, I mean, uh, we've pointed it out many times, as has the, the text line. It's one bad. It still is amazing, though. One bad year, and it's like OU's never done anything positive as a football program. It, it is pretty remarkable. I understand last year was bad, but dang. Which, you know, goes back to the point when we were talking about is Venables right for the right person for the job. That's why it is a unique job. It's a unique place. Like, there's not many other programs. There may not be any other programs out there that would be in the same situation um narratively that Oklahoma is is right now were the circumstances the same with them. So it's interesting. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond